0: Welcome back to Epilogues, an unpacking of the weekly Haftarah. You are listening to Rabbi Yaakov Trump. This week we are going to be learning together the Haftarah of Pasha's Chayei Sarah. The Haftarah of this Parshah is to be found in the very first parak of Melachim, Melachim Aleph, Perik Aleph, Pasuk Aleph, to Laman Aleph. It happens to be a long parak, and we're only hearing the first half of it. But let's get a sense of what's going on. First, we hear an episode which takes up the first four psukim regarding a young lady called Avishag. It describes, we're told, that Darmenach Zakain, he becomes old, Baba Yamim. And in his old age, he became cold. He could not find warmth no matter what he was wearing. And they suggested, his servants suggested to him that perhaps they should get an attendant, a young lady who would be his attendant, and she would lie near him so that he would be able to have some sort of heat. And that's what they do. And we found this young lady, Ish- uh, Avishag, from Shunayim, from Shunamit, and she and she was, she was attended to the king. Um, the Pasukim are careful to say, this was not a um, sexual relationship, um, but she was close to him. She, she looked after him in his old age. Um, now, um, just a few basics on this over here. Number one is, what does it mean by so that, that, there's a number of explanations that could mean that his days were well used. Everything would be been used they could count every day of his life, as the Igre de Kala explains, the Bnei Saskar. Another possibility is is that he borrowed years from others, meaning to say that we know that uh, according to tradition, David HaMelech was a Gilgal reincarnation of Adam Arishon. Adam HaRishon lived one lived uh, up to 1,000 years minus 70 years, so, so it was 930 years. Those 70 years he gave to David HaMelech, um, and so he, living on those borrowed years, his Baba yamim, he was coming to the end of that tenure. His lease was coming to an end. Now, why did he lose his warmth? So the mo- so there's a famous answer and a less famous answer. The famous answer, Rashi quotes, quoting a Midrash, is that when David HaMelech had the opportunity to kill Shaul HaMelech in the cave in En-Gedi, which we learned about in Sefer Shmuel, at that point he did not kill Shaul, but in order to show that he was within reach of being able to do so, he cut the cloak of Shaul HaMelech, thereby displaying it to him to show that he he was able to do it. Even that was seen as an infringement on the Malchus of Sha'al, um, and he was punished for that in the sense that garments would not warm him. He would not be able to find the requisite warmth from his own garments. That's what Rashi says, and many of them for follow as well. However, Rashi does quote a medrash, which says a different possibility. That's quoting the name of Rav Shmuel bar Nachmani, who says that Mdavar Melch saw, that Jerusalem would be ultimately destroyed, damai His blood some, uh, uh, went cold. Meaning to say that David Menach was a re- re- aware of the idea that he in the, he, in the end of the day, was going to be creating Jerusalem, which would be destroyed. And that sort of put a, a damper on all of his fears, and that had a psychosomatic effect on him as well. But Rydak is on a more basic level, he, is, he knew that ultimately death was approaching. And as he knew death was approaching, then, he, so to speak, his, he, he weakened. He was not able to keep his warmth, he was not able to keep his strength. This is the first section of the parak. We now hear, in the next Sochem, pasuk hey, to Yud, the main, con, uh, essentially, conspiracy, the main, main intrigue in our parak, which is the rise of Adonia. Adonia is the son of Chaget, and he says that, I want to be king. So he starts gathering chariots, and he gathers horses and people running in front of him, and he... Uh, um, he starts acting in a way of kingship, and and um, his father never really put a stop to this. He was also a very handsome-looking young man, um, as we're told, like um, like, like Avshalom, and um, he was in fact Avshalom's brother, and and so he gathered a few people together. He gathered Yoav ben Suriya, Eviatar Hakohen, and uh, it's, uh, and. Uh, um, and Sadak had uh, uh, and Benayahu, Benayada were not called. Nathan and were not called. So he, what does he do? He goes down to a place called Ein Ragel which is a spring just outside Jerusalem, and he goes and he starts making a feast. Um, starts starts sacrificing, starts inviting people, but he didn't invite um the main passe, the main were called um folks who were part of David team. So a few basic questions is, who is Adonia? So if we go to the beginning of Melah Ishmael bays, we know that David Melach had a number of sons. His first subordinate son was Amnon, who was later killed. Um, then there was Kilav, who sort of disappears. Um, he's a very humble person, disappears uh, in, into into the recesses of history. The Gemara talks about him. Then we have his third son um, is Avshalom, who rebelled against David trying to take the kingship as the third in line um, and was killed. And then we have the Revi'i is Adonia. Adonia is, is the son of Chaget, so he's essentially the next in line. He's the fifth son of David, the next in line for kingship, and he's seeking this the, this kingship as a fact that he really is next in line as well. Um, why is he turning to these people? So he, each of the people he turns to, uh, where it's, uh, whether it's Yoab bin Surya, or whether it's Sadoka Kohen, uh, um, the, these individuals were people um, who were... Um, I apologize, not, not Tzadok, were people who were disenfranchised by David. Davramelech. Yaav did many things which Davramelech grew upset with. Eviatar um, was, uh, was rejected from the Kahuna in place of Tzadok. So when it came to all of these things, David um, Davramelech was, um, essentially, these people had already had a problem, already had something to be concerned about in the rule of David, and so he took these dis- disenfranchised people and uh, added them to his side people who had reason to resent David Menachah's rule or the the natural um, successor of David Menachah as well. Just a quick basic uh, question in this section of here is how do these two sections match up? Why do we need to hear about Avishag, which seems a medical drama of David Melech, and then the the national drama, which is Adonia rising to power during the life of David. Why do we need to know, know this? So the Malbim explains that Adonia's um, pre- uh, pretending to the throne, his attempt to gain power, was predicated upon David Melech's weakness when realizing that David Melech was at the stage of life and he was sort of confined to his chambers and being attended to and not really making national decisions, it was at that time of weakness, that's when people stand up and try to take power. And that's what was really going on over here. So understanding David Melech's condition is understanding the, nat- the, the natural um, lay of the land um, in, in which Adoniah makes his grab for power. Um, but there's another possibility to this as well. that's what Yigal Ariel writes in his book, um, Oz Melech, on Sefer, um, on Sefer Melachim, that really uh, the idea over here is that David Melech's getting cold might have been m- misattributed to another reason. And that is is that although it's true that his son Shlomo really is the heir apparent to the throne, um, but maybe he's getting cold is a function of the fact that he's being punished continually for the sin of Bathsheba, for the relationship with Bathsheba, which yielded ultimately Shlomo HaMelech. And if that's the case, what Adoniah is saying is, theologically, I'm seeing a reason why this should not work out. Um, and that might be what he's pointing to, which would give him the, we'll call it, theological standing. And now he's going to explain that to everybody else, that God has obviously chosen me because David Melech is clearly, my father is still, he's clearly being rejected. If he's being rejected, therefore his son from that relationship should be rejected, and therefore I Coming from before that relationship should be the one upon the throne. After all, I'm the next in line. So that would, that would you, you know, a lot of times we read life the way we want it to be read. So Adonia is looking at this episode and doesn't understand that there's other things like the future Jerusalem, like Donovan, imminent death, like the the robe of Shaul. He interprets it for he interprets this coldness or his infirmness as a, a, a as something which credits his own name. Um, and finally, we hear the end. So what happens is that Nathan tells Bathsheba that, that that this is this is what's happening. Adonia is making this whole party. In um and um, he he appeals to her, and he says that we we, um, we should go and speak to uh, to the king, um, and so that's and that's what they do. They they uh, um, they decide to go to the king, and they make them they set up this episode, you know, they make it seem that um, that 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 it was by chance that the two of them were there. So but Sheva comes in, and she comes to the king, and she tells him, and she says, "Didn't you swear to me that Shlomo, um, your son, will rule after you?" Um, and now Adoniyah uh, is doing this whole business in in uh, in, in Rogel. He's like making this whole party, um, and so, so the, the, and she describes all the people who are left who are left out. You know how how the uh, and Yehav were called, but Tzadok and Binyabinyayal Binyayada were not called. And when you die, O King, ani uveni um, be Sinners will be off the mark. Um, while she's speaking Naanaana he walks in this is how they staged it and he explains and he says, look he bows down and he says he says to the king um, um, people are saying that uh, long live the king Adonia and they they're all down there and they're doing this whole business so he substantiates her claim and uh, and then he says uh, and then at the end um, he says Im me es melech adavarze. then maybe maybe we didn't know he asks the question maybe we didn't know maybe you, maybe you orchestrated this. That's that's what he asks of so David the and David the responds and says no. Called about Sheva. and uh, she says he says tell uh, he's I'd like to, to explain to you. He says He makes an oath. He says by the life of Hashem, who has guarded me from all the, the evils in my life. He says your son Yimloich Acharai will rule after me, and he'll be after, he'll be the ruler. And she bows down and she and she, she prostrates herself and says Va'tomer Yechi Adoni Hamelach David le'olan Long live David, the king. That's what that's what is uh, is being described over here. Um, so let's let, let's let's unpack this quickly over here. Just a few few pieces over here is when did David Melech actually swear that Shlomo Melech would rule over, would rule after him, after Shlomo was a much later child of David Melech. I mean, Adonia really does deserve the king the kingship if you're going in terms of age order. Um, so Radak and the Chida point out that um, when when David and Batshev had their first relationship, they had a child from that union. And that child died. That was part of the punishment of David and Bathsheba, was that first child died in the first week of his life. Um, but then, David uh, and she, she would no longer be with David after her husband had died and the child had died. Um, she would no longer be with David unless he saw that this next child would rule. And in fact, he did. And he, he swore that Dam would be the, this, this to be son would be the king. That was where he swore. And in fact, Hashem corroborated that by, he was called Yedidia, the, the dear one of Hashem. And Hashem corroborated that. But that was where this oath had happened as well. There's an interesting thing in the text here, in the syntax, that after Passover test, or in the middle of Passover test, there's a paragraph breakup, uh, which is indicated by pay in brackets in some versions of Tanakh. Um, or just you'll see the paragraph break if you're looking at a, at the correct, the correct pagination. Um, and that could be a dramatic pause. She's in the middle of it describing this whole business um, when she pauses for this as well. Um, and so what does it mean that, they are, that they'll be chata'im? So the David means, explains that they are lacking, meaning they'll be lacking. If we are um, depo- if we are found to not be in line, then Adonai will do the first thing he'll do is to be deposed of us in order to gain power. But the Ma'odim says in a deeper sense is that if you if you don't let this happen, um, uh, if you let us go, go on. You let Adonya be king. Then essentially, what you're agreeing to is the fact that our relationship was not right. You're agreeing to the fact that we this was as a, fun, a function of sin that that you were not atoned for uh, by by, by Kosh Baruch Hu and Hashem did. And that's what Chatai means over here as well. We now ask the basic question: Is what's the connection to the parasha? Why is this uh, uh, of the concern of the parasha? And it seems that here we have both the parasha in Chayesara and in. Torah of David Melech, that uh, you have an elderly father who's taking care of the future of his son during his lifetime. And what's interesting about this is that the last words of the Torah is that David Melech live forever, which is the basis of the song, which is David Israel that David Melech is the everlasting king of Israel. That is as a function of securing the future of his children during his lifetime. You want to know how to live forever, you want to know how to have longevity, figure out your children. Make sure that they have a path forward, that they're cared for and they're accounted for as well. One last question I'll leave with everybody to think about is why was it that Adoniah chose Ein Rogel, the spring outside Jerusalem, as the place for a celebration of his self-coronation? And why was the David Melech chose in response the Gichon, the spring, the other spring around the corner from it? Just food for further thought. In the meantime, have a wonderful day and a meaningful Shabbos.